speak there in just a few moments. Thank you so much for choosing to be with us tonight, especially if you're visiting. We thank you for coming our way. We thank all of our members as well. And it's always good on Sunday evenings and Wednesday evenings to look over here and see all of our young people sitting together. So we appreciate that and you are encouragement to us. So thank you. John David Ellison wanted me to remind everyone about a meeting immediately following services in room A1, which is right over here, about serving communion to the nursing home and uh, shut-ins and others. So if you would like to be involved in a rotation, uh, this would not require you to do this every week, but the more that we get... The, more, uh, the, the less that you would be required to do that. So we want to encourage each and every one of you to be involved in this. If this is something that you could do on Sunday afternoons, if you would be interested in that, please meet with John David in room A1 right over here immediately following our services. Let us uh, begin our study with prayer uh, tonight. Holy Father, we thank You for this opportunity to come together to study Your Word, to sing songs of praise to You, to approach Your throne in prayer. Father, we are indeed thankful for the opportunity to be a part of this good church here at Savannah. We thank You for the special people that You have put into this body that make up this body. Father, for all the talents and abilities that are here in this place. Father, for the encouragement and the love. And Father, the encouragement to... Continue to live right and walk right and walk with You. Father, the love that surrounds us when we fail, both from You and this congregation, we thank You for that. Father, we ask that You will continue to bless us as we continue to try to be a light in this community, in this state, and in this nation and world. Father, we thank You for all the good works that go from this location. We thank You for Brother Steve and all the work that takes place in Africa. We pray that You will continue to bless that work. We pray, Father, that You will be with Raymond as he ends up his studies. We pray that You will bless him with safe travel back to his home. We pray, Father, that You will use him to do mighty things in that country, Father, for Your cause. We, Father, we pray for the work in Romania. And, Father, the opportunities we have to have a part of that work, we pray for that work. We pray for others, for other works, Father, that we're involved in. Father, we just ask that You will bless all of these works. Father, we, we are thankful, Father, for those who serve food in various ways through, for our church body and also for the community. Father, we are mindful of our sister who was mentioned out in Texas who went into the hospital with chest pains. Father, we pray that You will be with her. We pray that You will be with her family and that You will comfort her. We pray that You will be with the doctors and nurses as they guide and make decisions related to her health. We pray for her family as well. Father, we pray for Brother Herb and others that are traveling. We pray that You will keep them safe as they travel and bring them safely back home. Father, we pray also for Miss Ruby McCaslin, Father, uh, mother of Nancy Smith. Father, we pray for her as her condition uh, does not look very well at this moment. Father, we pray that You will uh, also again be with the doctors and nurses that attend to her, guide them and help them to make the best decisions for her. Father, we pray for Miss Nancy and all the family. We pray that You will bless them. 
Father, again, we thank You for this place, this body of Christ that meets here in Savannah. We thank You for our elders. We ask that You will bless them. Bless our deacons. Bless each and every member, Father, as we try to live in this chaotic world. Father, we pray that You will help us to keep our focus on Jesus and to keep encouraging one another. Father, we thank You for this great nation that we live in. And Father, we pray that You will continue to bless it. Father, we do live in chaotic times. Father, please, please be with our country that we might continue to enjoy these freedoms that we do. And Father, as a result of our enjoying these freedoms, that we will continue to be appreciative of that and, Father, live those kind of lives throughout those, with those around us. Father, we thank You for all things. But most of all, we thank You for Jesus. Bless our time together tonight. Forgive us of all of our many sins. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. I'm sure you're aware that the Summer Olympic Games are, will be beginning soon. And just this morning, or yesterday morning one, I noticed some of the preparations. Of course, many, many preparations have been taking place. But I noticed on the news they were talking about their preparations for their emergency plan. The plans that they were putting into place if there were, were to be a terrorist attack. And it caused me to think about all the things that take place and uh, the, the big events, and they have these plans. For example, we have the Super Bowl. When it's played, all the emergency plans that go into effect, thinking about all the things that might happen during the Super Bowl. Think about the police officers, the military. They have emergency plans in case of disasters. Meteorologists even caution us to have a, a plan, as it were, if uh, severe weather comes. Most large cities even have emergency preparedness plans. People are trained in all areas of how to deal with these emergencies if they uh, take place. Practice is the key as it relates to these plans. No one should be caught off guard. And as we think about all these uh, other events that take place in their emergency plans, their preparedness plans, let us ask ourselves the question, what is my plan? What plans do I have for when things arise? If the world, we see the world, they have emergency plans, what kind of emergency plans and daily plans do we have? And are we practicing those plans in order to be ready? Well, I believe Daniel had such a plan. And I want us to notice some of the things that, that Daniel did in Daniel chapter 6 that reveal to us his plan. And some of these practices that you and I can put into place into our plan so that we too can be successful and live in this world of chaos as Daniel and other people in Scripture did. So I want us to notice Daniel chapter 6. Let's read Daniel chapter 6 verses 1 and following. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them, so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. 
Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of God. And so these men set out the, a plan for themselves, a, fa- a plan to trick Daniel, a plan to, to, to put Daniel in a compromised situation, to act Daniel in the relationship of his God. But notice Daniel's plan. Daniel was a man of purpose. Did you catch it in verse 3? Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Daniel distinguished himself above all the others. An excellent spirit was in him. Some believe that this, special, this was a special measure of the Spirit of God. Whatever it was, God was definitely with Daniel, wasn't He? And He was working on His behalf. But I want you to go back to Daniel chapter 1. Flip back over to Daniel chapter 1. And I, know, I want you to notice some things building up to chapter 6 that show us Daniel was a man of purpose. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portions of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the food of the king. In fact, he came up with a plan. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, please test your servant for ten days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink instead of that of the king. Notice down in verse 19, Then the king interviewed them, and among them all none was found like Daniel, like Hania, Mishael, and Azariah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself. As a result, what happens? He begins to be blessed. He begins to stand out among the others. Notice also in chapter 2, In verse 28, after Daniel explains the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and He has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of of your head upon your bed were these. So Daniel says, it's God. God's going to give me this. So he's giving credit, and we'll notice that again. But he's purposed in his heart. He's a man of purpose. And then chapter 2, verses 46 through 49. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, 
and commanded that they should present an offering and incense to him. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets since you could reveal this secret. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. Also Daniel petitioned the king and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. And then, uh, of course, chapter 6 and verse 3. Daniel distinguished himself because he had purpose in his heart not to be defiled by the king's delicacies. An excellent spirit was in him. And as a result... As a result of him purposing in his heart, these people tried to find fault with him, but they could find no fault with him. In fact, I I, I like the way one commentator put it about Daniel's situation. Daniel's irreproachable integrity is little short of incredible in view of his circumstances. He had come to this land against his will as a prisoner of war. He was requested... He was requested uh, by a pagan teacher to study pagan literature and science and be trained to serve in a pagan court surrounded by luxury, sensuality, lust, self-seeking, idolatry, and ruthless cruelty. In the middle of all this, there grew up a man of character, pure, true, holy, and stainless by the acknowledgement of his enemies. That's what his enemies said of him. We can find no fault in him. So therefore, we will attack him on anything, the one thing that we can, or the one thing that he seems to be doing. And that's uh, uh, with his relationship with God. His accusers could find no fault. There are no circumstances in which a man must have his garments spotted by the world. In fact, unfavorable circumstances are the most favorable for the development of of a godly character. Wow! When we think about the situation that Daniel was in, he, he was in the worst of circumstances. He was a prisoner of war. He was taken by force by a group of people who did not believe in the one true God. And he was forced to do to serve in those areas. And yet, Daniel purposed in his heart and said, I'm not going to be defiled by these things. I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care what the world says I need to be doing. Remember the decree of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from Nebuchadnezzar? Bow down when you hear the the sounds of the music. And they did not. They were thrown into the fiery furnace. What was the result? They didn't even smell like smoke. They were not harmed. You see, they had a purpose. They had a purpose to seek God. They purposed that in their heart. I'm reminded of the purpose of Joseph. He had a similar purpose. You remember back in Genesis 39? When he's in, he's been sold into slavery. Now he's made it down to Potiphar's house. He's, he's been put in charge of all in Potiphar's house. In fact, Potiphar said, you can anything in my house you can have except my wife. And, and Potiphar's wife took a liking to him. Tried to get him to, to lay with her. And she, he said, no, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He purposed in his heart to seek God in his will.
not be defiled by the things in the land where he was. And as a result, he too was put in a position of authority. You see, to Daniel, God was a reality. Not only was God a reality, but the will of God was a reality. And therefore, he purposed in his heart to not be defiled by the things of the land, but to trust in God. He knew he could rely on God. I came across this poem that goes right along with the whole lesson. It's called Life Without Purpose. Life without purpose is barren indeed. There can't be a harvest unless you plant seed. There can't be attainment unless there's a goal. And man's but a robot unless there's a soul. If we send no ships out, no ships will come in. And unless there's a contest, nobody can win. For games can't be won unless they are played. And prayers can't be answered unless they are prayed. So whatever is wrong with your life today, you'll find a solution if you kneel down and pray. Not just for pleasure, enjoyment, and health. Not just for honors and prestige and wealth. But pray for a purpose to make life worth living. And pray for the joy of unselfish giving. For great is your gladness and rich your reward when you make life's purpose the choice of the Lord. That's the kind of choice that Daniel made. He purposed in his heart. Most of the time when we talk about purposing in our heart, it's, it's only about giving. But Daniel purposed life in his heart. And the way that he would live life, Daniel chose the Lord. How about us? What is our plan? What is our purpose? But notice in the second place that Daniel was a man of prayer. Chapter 6 and then verse 10. Notice that this is after these other governors and all the other satraps and rulers. They go into King Darius and they appeal to his humanity and his a desire to be great, just like the pharaohs. They were worshipped as gods, uh, a lot, along with a lot of other rulers in Old Testament times. And so they appeal to that nature of Him. And they say, King Darius, oh King Darius, the great King Darius, make a, you need to make a decree that nobody for 30 days can pray to any other god or any other man except for you. And they convince him to sign this decree. Because according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, once you put a law in action, it cannot be revoked. And they knew that Daniel would stand with his God no matter what. They have him. So they think. And so Darius puts this law in written form. And it goes out as a law, and now it can't be changed. Look at verse 10. Now Daniel, now when Daniel knew the writing was signed, he went home, and in this upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. 
Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before God. Because of this excellence, in, in the, uh, because of his excellence in the eyes of King Darius, these other leaders became jealous, and they come up with this plan. But remember, Daniel was in a situation that he had not asked for. But yet, because he purposed in his heart, he was put in positions of authority, and even in those positions of authority, Satan tried to attack him. And they attacked through these other jealous governors. But Daniel, knowing this, he goes into his room toward Jerusalem. At that time, believed the city of God. He knelt down and he prayed, giving thanks to God. But see, what's interesting to me here about what Daniel did is not just that he prayed. This was his custom. This was his habit. Remember that prayer we teach our little ones? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You remember teaching that to our little ones when they were growing up? What's the purpose? Young people, the purpose is that you always pray. No matter the circumstances, no matter where you go in life, is that you always pray to God. Daniel, like Paul and Silas in prison, gave thanks to God in the midst of persecution, in the midst of chaos. I wonder, I wonder what Daniel was thankful for. I wonder if Daniel was thankful that God had put him in positions positions to influence his friends. Daniel wasn't alone, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood up against King Nebuchadnezzar in position to influence, in position to prove and show God is God. God is the only God. The one true God. I'm sure that's what Daniel was thankful for. Daniel did this in the face of knowing it could cost his life. Have you ever asked yourself the question, how often am I praying? I ask myself that question. And many times I don't like my answer. But it was Daniel's habit to pray often, to pray regularly, to petition Almighty God in whatever circumstance was going on. In Philippians chapter 4, I want you to notice what Paul says about prayer. Philippians 4 and verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer 
and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Why? And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What did these men find Daniel doing? Praying, giving thanks to God? They found him praying and making supplication before his God. As we talked about this morning, we live in a world of chaos. We know, don't we? This world could use a lot more of our prayers. Paul told the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17, pray without ceasing. Continue to have a prayerful attitude. Always seek opportunities to pray. Make sure we are praying often and regularly, each and every day. Last week we talked about goals. Maybe it is that you want to start that now. Set those specific goals. I'm going to pray several times a day. Set specific times to pray, to make it a habit, to make it a custom that you can do from here on out, no matter what this world brings circumstances our way. And we know the rest of the story. The law was passed. It couldn't be changed. And Daniel had to be sentenced to the lion's den. Daniel also then was a man of perception. Daniel understood what was going on. Daniel understood what he faced. But Daniel, more than anything, understood who his God was. He understood that. King Darius was fond of Daniel. King Darius knew he couldn't change the law. In fact, the Bible says he stayed up all night. He did not. He's a king. He can have entertainment, any kind of food, anytime he wants. He chose not to have anything because he was concerned for Daniel's life. Daniel knew he faced certain death. But more than that, Daniel understood who God was. Notice what it says. Then Daniel said to the king, the king comes running the next morning, then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. He had called out to Daniel. Verse 22, My God sent His angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I have found I, I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because he believed in God. Daniel, you see, gave his credit to God. He was perceptive. He understood the situation. He understood what he was facing. But more than that, he believed in and he understood who his God was. Notice what happened as a result. 
Yes, Daniel was not harmed. But that's not all that happened. Look at chapter 6, verses 24 and following. And the king gave the command, and they brought those men who had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote, wrote, he wrote it down, he just didn't declare it, he wrote it down to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwelt that dwell in all the earth. Let's pray. Let's live. Let's pray. Let's live so that leaders of our nation and nations of the world might write to all the peoples and all the nations and all languages that dwell in the earth what King Darius did. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For He is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and His dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. God was glorified because Daniel lived with purpose in his heart, because he prayed often, and because he was perceptive and understood what life brought, what circumstances he was in, but who his God was. Oh, how we can learn from Daniel's plan. And if we adopt the same plan, we too will be blessed. Now, we may not be put in positions of authority, but God will be glorified. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to close with the words of Paul in Colossians chapter 3. Like, similar to the words that he wrote in Philippians. Colossians chapter 3, he would write to us and to the church there, churches in Colossae, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23. And whatever you do, do it heartily. With all your might, as to the Lord, not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Daniel, he had purpose. His purpose was to seek God. He prayed often, and it fared him well. He was perceptive. 
We do live in a chaotic world. But you and I haven't been put in the positions that Daniel had been put in, was put in. But also, you and I are put in positions similar and different from what Daniel was put in. Daniel was elevated to a place of authority. Maybe you are in a place of authority. Maybe you're not. But whatever your place, consider Daniel's plan and make it a part of your life. Because how do we know that through your purpose, through your prayers, and through your perception, that God will be glorified in this community, in this state, in this nation, and in our world. Tonight, if you're here and you don't have a plan, Daniel's plan is pretty good. But not without Jesus in your life today. It's our prayer tonight. If Jesus is not in your life, you will do so. You will come confessing that great name, showing your faith and your belief that you will repent of your sins and that you will go down in that watery grave of baptism to rise in newness of life. Going on your way declaring, I have a purpose. I'm going to pray constantly. I understand the situation and I understand my God. Maybe it is you're here, and like we talked about this morning, Satan's placed a lot of things in your life. Look around. You have people here tonight. This is a special place we talked about this morning. You have people here that love you and they want to help you and they want to wrap their arms around you. You have a God who is a God of forgiveness. Whatever your need tonight, we pray that you would come forward us and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing.